I'm sitting here with Jeff Disher, and Jeff is the man. He looks good. You know, Jeff, <laughs> he, he's here. Um, you know, Jeff's a, you know, real estate. You got, I sell real estate. I don't even know how you pulled that off on Instagram. The, one of the first people, and people still ask me about it all the time, like, how did you get that? Did you buy it? Did you buy it? I said, no, I just, I started, I think, my account in 2010, maybe. And I just went in there and put, I sell real estate, and it was available. And I've gotten people reached out to me like, How'd you get that? How'd you get that? Can I buy it? Can I buy it? I'm like, buy it. How would you buy it? I don't want to sell my name. I've had that forever. Now everybody knows me by it. Yeah. So that's just my thing. It's amazing. And that <clears throat> that's a testament to the type of person you are being on the forefront, I would say, of creativity, marketing, media, mm-hmm. you know, sort of all of the above. Because just being like so aware of, you know, what the next cool thing is. I mean, because Jeff's a cool guy. I'm looking at him right now. I'm like, this is like, it's like if... <laughs> Vin Diesel and The Rock came in here. Boom. They created Jeff. I like that. Damn. There you go. I like that, man. Yeah, dude. It's just, I don't know. I just, uh, it's just, just who I am, man. And and I think what we we're kind of chopping it up earlier before I uh, we started the podcast. I think it's just kind of my lifestyle of who I became now. You know, we were talking about, do I have kids? Am I married? Do I have any of that? No. So I've just had a lot more time to focus on myself and just kind of do what I want to do. And it's funny to say, but, you know, you and I both spoke about growing up kind of poor. Yeah, with opportunity, um, which is funny because now that you know, I figure if I had kids and, and married and all that, which uh, it's not out of the picture, but if I did, I wouldn't be able to do all the fun stuff I'm doing now. So the crazy thing is, is knowing that now I'm like a teenager. I feel like a teenager with money, I'm yeah, with success. I, I could do all the shit I want to do that I want to do when I was a kid or 15, 16, 17, 18 growing up that I would see on TV or see people doing and things I wanted to do that I could picture myself doing from I don't know driving cool cars or having a business or traveling, going to exotic places, you know, buying properties in Mexico and just being being, experience based. Yes. And just, just, yes. And all that, like the the world's most interesting man, right? Like do as much as you can, as many skills. Yeah. It's, it's shining right now. Like I, I talk to a lot of people and I get out there and you're seeing a lot of things, right? But a lot of people, it's, it's, it's kind of phony, right? I'm talking mm-hmm. with you. It's like, this guy, this is like, wow, who is this guy? You know, it's like talking to a rock star over here. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to get even more and more because I have so many ideas. I, you know, I read, I don't know, 20 books a month or something, 10 to 20 books a month. I, I, I just, I'm so obsessed with just knowledge and learning Yeah, that I like, I want to say so many things and do so much, but I feel like a lot of people aren't ready for it. You know what I mean? And especially when I start wanting to say stuff, cause I get, I get frustrated a lot with a lot of stuff, not in a bad way. I just, I read a lot of stuff and I see people's decisions and people's habits and disciplines and the way they're living. And like we said, people on Facebook complain about different things and this and that, or giving all their, you know, airing out their laundry. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like seeing somebody just, you know, have a yard sale of emotions on several different feeds on the internet, right? They're crying over here. They're getting divorced there. They're now, and now they're pregnant. And then the next thing is it's like, (laughs) They're talking about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, you'll get this whole spectrum of a, of a person's like lifestyle. It's like, you know, I'm going to like, uh, you know, per, you know, with purpose, I'm going to sort of unfollow some of the updates from some of these people, clean up my feed. And I love social media and I like to use it, but some of it's just kind of, you know, it, it could be a little bit too much, but the stuff that you're putting out there, following someone like yourself, that's how this podcast happened today. Mm-hmm. Because Jeff put it out there. He's like, hey, I'm looking for to do get on some podcasts. And and the funny thing is, is like we were just saying before that, is that's how, <clears throat> that's where I'm at. You know, I mean, I collect some information. I want to tell so many people and help so many people with so much shit and just put it out there. And I try to put it out in a simple, clean way that everyone can, you know, apply. 
And, and that's what I do. I listen to all that and I just try to put that stuff out there. And the sad thing is, like you said, there's a lot of crap out there. So, you know, and you got to filter it, you got to filter it in the, and, and I try to get out to more people. Um, but my point though, is that when you learn, like the reason I like putting so much stuff out is you learn so much. When you learn so much, you're almost like a conduit between like knowledge and like the world. And most people I've realized don't read. They don't learn. They graduate from high school. They don't do anything to better their lives. Or even worse, they go to college and then they, they, they spend $120,000 to know nothing. Yeah, to get a degree. that They get a degree in marine biology. And yeah, they, you know, they and they're still the paying for it to make $50,000 a year. Yeah, dude. That whole, and that's another gauntlet that, you know, I got my associate's degree from Grossmont College in, yeah. in, in public Quia education. Quia Mac over here. There you go. And I was like, this ain't for me. School was not for me. And not that I didn't like learning, but I didn't like learning stuff I didn't want to learn or I wasn't interested in, right? So like... People always go, how do you read so much? I said, they go, I never read, I never read. I said, it's probably because you're used to reading school books, like history books, something yeah. you didn't want to read. You're forced to read. Go. I said, what are you passionate about? Oh, I like going to the beach or I, or I like surfing. Cool. Go read a book on surfing. Yeah. I promise you, you won't put it down. You won't. Yeah. You'll, you'll, it's to be a page turner. Yeah. That's it. You know, those books, you know, that you pick yeah. up and when you can relate or there's something you're interested in, like me, I know all the books I, that I buy or that I read, I'm interested in. So I buy them and I'm going to read them. But if I bought a book or somebody gave me a book on I don't know, the history of snow in England or something that I didn't give a shit about. Like I wouldn't, you know, or something that just, I wouldn't, I, and I've had books like this where I, I get them through a recommendation. I buy them and I read the first chapter, the first few words or the first you know few pages. And I realize that not that I don't like learning about everything, but I'm just not going to be in it. And then my mind's going to wander and I'm going to be like, this is boring. I hate reading. I just, I still go through that, you know? So when it's a book I'm not into or learning something I'm not into, I don't pay attention. Yeah. And, and for me, I ended up, I, I ended up listening to a lot of books. I'll be driving around or dropping off a storage container or something like that. And I just started, you know, years ago, and I was up in San Francisco Bay Area, I'd be just two hours of traffic each way. You better start listening. You better you know, use that time. What do you listen to? I mean, Howard Stern gets you, gets you there, but uh, you can't listen to him every day. Even in this podcast, don't listen to it every day. You yeah. know, add, add some book on tape. You got to add something in there. Um I'll get a, actually a really good story about that, uh, about content and cars and stuff, and or just learning and, and what you listen to in your car. This is a great story, actually. It's why I started reading. Um, I was used to go to the gym at uh, the 24 Fitness in Mission Valley. I lived across the street. There was always this guy in there, this blonde He dude. looks like he works out, too. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, I mean, I want to work out, but something, I I was tendonitis. I cut my finger. There's always something, but uh, carry on. <laughs> That's fine. You'll get to it. Um <laughs> But I was at the gym, and there was always this guy there, this, like, blonde dude that would always walk around talking to everybody. He was tan, looked like out of a magazine or something, just so tan, always talking to everybody. I was like, God, oh, this guy's kind of annoying, you know, but he was networking to everybody. Then one day I'm walking home, and I see a brand-new red Ferrari pulled out of the parking lot, and it's him. And, I, and he's like, hey, what up, champ? And I'm like, dude, where, what the hell? I'm like, this clown. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? I'm like, where'd you get this Ferrari? He's like, I bought it, you know, and I'm like, damn, dude, what, what do you do? He's like, I sell mortgages. I do mortgages. I'm like, that's cool. And then as I'm talking to him, I hear something in the background playing, and it's an old man's voice. It's like, and as you discover the inner talent, and it's just like, it's weird. I'm like, well, dude, what are you listening to? And I started laughing at him, kind of almost making fun of him. And he's like, oh, let me guess. You listen to, like, rap or some shit in your car. And I'm like, well, yeah. He's like, well, that's why you're not driving a Ferrari, buddy. <laughs> that's what he literally said to me. I'm not even joking. I was like, what the heck? And and so he he said, I'll tell you what. And he pushes eject and gives me a seat. He goes, I'm going to give this to you for 24 hours. Bring it back to the gym tomorrow. Do not scratch it. Do not break it. Just listen to me and listen to it. Let me know what you think. He literally took it out of his Ferrari and gave it to me. And I was like, shit. So I took it back. It was actually uh, Napoleon Hill. Oh, yeah. So it was a Napoleon Power Hill. Power positive thinking? Yeah. I don't I forget which one it was, but it was just one of those CDs. And I remember putting it in and... I remember just associating the Ferrari with that CD. So I listened to it. And after that, 
one time I listened to it, I was addicted to learning and, and personal development and growth. And from that moment on, at that moment, I was a personal trainer at the gym. You know, I bought a little condo in Mission Valley for 100 grand when I was 21. So that was good. I was kind of doing well, but didn't really know the other side of doing well. Just for what I was from coming from a trailer park, I was doing well. Um, and then I kind of lost my train of thought right now. Um, so you're doing well. So I'm doing well. Oh, well, that's right. And we'll, he, we'll, we'll cut that no, out. No, no, stop. We <laughs> cut that shit out. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I have so much on my mind. No, yeah. So, no, I, he gave me that CD. I started reading. I, my neighbor, his name, Tom, he came out of the, his, his, uh, that was my first experience. My second one was my neighbor was coming out and he had a box of books. His name was Tom. He said, I said, oh, what's up, Tom? What are you doing? He said, I'm a real estate agent. I just broke a hundred grand my first year. This is back in 2002. And he goes, and uh, it's all because this damn book. And he goes, and I just bought. 30 of them, I'm going to go deliver them to my clients. So I'm going to give them all my clients. So actually, here, Jeff, here's one for you. You should read it. I'm like, okay. And it was, the book was Shad Helmstetter, What to Say When You Talk to Yourself. It's still, I tell everybody, it's the book that changed my life. He's actually from San Diego. I talk to him regularly on Facebook and social media. I tell him, dude, this is crazy. I actually know you now because I read your book back in 2002 and it changed my, completely changed my life. A lot of people say that book is good for them too. Um, I just got it out of a whim. It was just a weird whim. So that's how I started learning. I started grow, personal growth which is funny now because I'm all fully tatted up and sleeved and looked up. And when people hear that I read so much, they're just like, what, what the heck? Well, it's the most important thing, you know, and, and it's, a, it's really sad how many people don't read. I know that the book that really opened up my eyes, cause I was born a salesperson. I was always, you know, just trying to, you know, from finding niches. I, I brought uh, the, the baseball field across the street, had a snack bar for the baseball, but during the, during the soccer season, which was the other half of the year, the snack bar wasn't open. So I started bringing snacks and selling snacks at a young age. And that's kind of where I got the idea to do things. But I never put it together. That's what I was, who I was. I wanted to be a mechanic. I wanted to work on small engines and motorcycles and stuff like that. And um, I actually had a landscaping company and went to school for that. But the book that changed me and really kind of brought it all together and, and made me think about who I was becoming was good old how to win friends and influence people. And I actually have the original copy that I read and I stole it. Um, and I got, I owe them some money. I'm going to, I'll actually, when we get done here, I'll, I'll go over there and pay for it from Cuyamaca college. Nice. It's stamped in the back, and I have it at my office over at my box in Poway, and I always show that to people. I'm like, this is the book you got to read. And then I flip it back, because that was back when they still would stamp you in and out of books. I mean, we're, I'm not to date myself, but that was, yeah. I was probably 18, 19 years old. And then from then on, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew that, you know, if I can build the right relationships, and I always tell people – just don't be an asshole. It's the easiest one, right? Mm -hmm. You can just you can be who you are. You don't have to be in all these things. But once you be, once you become an asshole or you start, you know, breaking, you know, uh, your trust with people and not doing what you're saying you're doing, that's when you mess it up. Mm -hmm. And so those type of concepts that you pull from a lot of the the reading that you do that I read a lot of self help growth books, all that, you know, it, it comes down to like you know, how are you going to treat other people? How are you going to make them feel? If you make everyone else win, you're going to be a winner too. And Jeff does that daily with the knowledge drops that you're dropping in on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That's where I follow you the most. I'm sure you're on other platforms and all that. But, I mean, you go to his I Sell Real Estate Instagram yep. page, which is amazing that you have that. Back to that. But 
you're getting knowledge drops every day. Yes. In your business, you're, you know, you're, you're in real estate and I hate to, you know, people say, Oh, I'm just a realtor. And a lot of people are just a realtor. There's 30,000, I think in San Diego, yeah. California alone or San, San, Diego. San Diego alone, there's 30,000 realtors, it's the biggest business in town. Yeah. And there's probably only 500 houses for sale right now. Well, so. there's like, there's like, there's actually about 4,500, but 4, if you think about that, that means that there's one realtor, there's five realtors trying to sell one home. Yeah. That's available. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. So when you look at it that way, um, you have to really identify yourself um, and separate yourself from the market. And I think that your personal brand is spot on because people are buying you. You know, mm-hmm. they doesn't, you work, you're with uh, Douglas Elliman, fantastic firm. But at the end of the day, everyone knows this. The realtors carrying their, their namesake with them. Yep. And also the people that follow you within your own team. I mean, you're, you're bringing them on, you're training them, you're helping them become very, you know, you know, in tune with who they are as well too. Not everyone's the same, you know, chiseled Vin Diesel meets the rock guy over here. You know, I try to get them to that level. You know, yeah. I, try to get them that, I try to get them to do everything, you know, the whole gamut, but it's, it's rough. It's tough. It's hard, but you're able to, you know, find the personal strengths that people have and then help them redevelop them. And at the same time, you're giving tons of knowledge out for free and I know that now you've published that, right? I mean, yes, you sir. got a new book out. Yeah, I just, uh, I got, yeah, I got, I was published. I actually got two offers by publishers, but I published it on my birthday, which, well, Congrats. they did. Yeah, thanks, uh, which was December 16th, 2021. So it's been out for almost a year now. Um, good success, good reviews on Amazon, if you guys want to see it. Six figures in 12 months. Um, and it's done well, you know. My, the cool thing about the book, and the reason it's a little bit different, is most, you know, traditionally real estate's been, you know, go knock, go pick a neighborhood, knock on doors, do your open houses, hold events. You know, it's almost like the Avon, you know. Thing. Yeah. And that was up to about 20 years ago, right? When social media started coming out, you know, 20 years ago, the average agent was 55 years old. Today, the average agent's like 33. So there's been a huge age shift in terms of back in the day, real estate was second home. It was like the Avon job. It was your second, it was a stay at home moms, stay at home moms, second job, second career. And so now, though, it's become a real progressive career. Now it's like it's been made cool. You got million dollar listing, you all these things. And so the book, that, the reason I made the book is I, I kind of steered away, besides open houses, from that traditional model, which is a lot of rejection, right? You knock on doors, they tell you to go F yourself. You call people, start calling, cold calling, they tell you to go F yourself. There's a lot of negativity, and that's why people give up. There's a like 12% success rate in real estate over two years. Yeah. Um, and so the book that I created was more for the, the newer type, younger progressive agent. So it's how to create a brand, how to set up your social media. So people call you because the old traditional, uh, again, style is you call you, you chase, you chase, you chase, which is fine, but lots of rejection. And they say, you know, the old mentality is the more no's you hear, the closer you are to yes. And, and I get all that. That's fine. <laughs> But the way that I'm setting it. But that's if you're selling like copiers, you know? Something, yeah, (laughs) something. Real estate's a little different when you've got 30,000 agents in one one market alone. Well, you're trying to sell the most expensive product that someone will ever buy as well. Yeah, and and it's it's totally one of those things where if there's that many people involved and the the money is good, the margins are good, it's no longer a niche product. I Mm -hmm. mean, like, so for me, I've always done these little like, you know, from paper shredding to my box, portable storage, like all those types of things. It's, it's never been these big things. And that's because my dad was in real estate. You know, I, my area is commercial real estate, but it, it hasn't been a pretty picture. I mean, yeah. when I was, you know, he was, you know, started in the seventies, eighties, when the nineties took a dip, everything took a dip, you know, you know, everything got thrown around and then he recovered from that successfully. 
But that was, you know, it was a 10 year swing. And yeah. for me, I was like, I, you know, I, I just, I never did it because and I've been in school. I have all my classes done. I just know that I, I just, you know, have these, you know, this, this kind of fear of it, you know, like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm in real estate, you know, these market shifts and transitions and we're coming into one of those. We're in one right now. And and, yeah. A lot of those 20 something thousand agents will go by by soon. Yeah. And yeah. so now it's like, you really need to be working on your personal brand and because you, you know that there, there, there's no checks coming in it's not going to be closing like they have been no i and, told everybody yesterday at our meeting i said that, or two days ago i said the difference in the, the the market shift what it means to you as a real estate agent is you work twice as hard for half the business and that's what's happening right now is that in the last two three years it's been easy days it's been easy for realtors anyone you know just calls you up they're all approved they want to buy you write offers it's easy now the market shifted so now the market just like 08 which i was in the market it has completely shifted. So now every client that all my agents have has all, they've all kind of went away. And I told them this would happen. And that we're almost like in the, the eye of the storm, right? So we had the storm coming. It was crazy. It's been crazy. Now we're in the eye. So it's quiet. Nothing's moving. Everything's slow. Everything's slowing down, which is fine. I tell our people, we've already started. You know, you can't predict a crash until six months after it happened. And right now, based off everything <laughs> I've been looking at, like it's, we're already in it. You know, everyone's like, oh my God, there's just, I'm like, dude, we've been in a recession for four or five months. If you haven't noticed gas <laughs> over four bucks or five bucks, that's called recession. That's Inflation. always a sign of it. That's a sign. And, 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 and it's all happening. It's been happening. So I'm telling everyone's like, oh my God. So I'm like, stop. The good news is, is we've already hit it. We've already, we're in it now. So now we just got to survive and get through it. You know, and the market shift has already happened. I mean, rates are doubled. They're, they're, they're said to be going up to like nine, 10% possibly. And so, which that's a good time for some people to enter into the market. You I know? think so. I think so. I'm telling my agents right now, you, you guys are all, all my agents are with less with a year too old. I'm like, you guys coming out of a good time. It sucks right now because I know oh, you're two year olds. <laughs> yeah. They're all two year olds. And, uh, and I said, yeah, it's like, I have a bunch of kids. Um, but, uh, but I tell them, I'm like right now, you know, you guys, the market's been good. It's going to be tough for the next couple of years, 18 months. It's going to be rough. Not me. You're just going to work a lot more for a lot less, but what will happen is you stick to it. Stay positive and you keep grinding. What will happen is when everyone decides to get back into it again, when the market's good, you'll be so far ahead of the game with your branding, marketing experience that you'll You're pick ready up for it. the lion's share of the business. And frankly, you know, like, you know, respectfully to, to agents and young agents out there and all that. If you were got into it a couple of years ago, and you're making that kind of money that quick, that easily. That that was a you know that's not quite how it goes in in, in any business. It'll success too soon could be a dangerous thing too because now you're expecting that. Well, you drive your overhead up. Yeah, that's what I see them do is they drive this overhead up. They make have a good couple months. They're out eating dinners and they're doing all buying this new stuff. BMWs and doing all these things, crazy things and, and racking up their overhead, which I, was my mistake in the crash of 708. I did that. I was doing very well as rookie of the year. I opened up a business, a real estate business in Mission Valley. I had all this going. My bills were 20 grand, I'm 18,000 a month. And I was making 25,000 a month. So I'm like, oh, I'm good, I'm yeah. good. But I just kept racking my bills up to match what I was making. And then the market softened for a few months and the floor drops out. Cause you're like, oh my God, I have this huge machine that costs 20, but if I don't make anything for a month, that's 20. If I don't make anything for two months, that's 40. If I don't make it for three months, that's 60. Yeah. And you just bleed out. I bought, and for me, like, I've always been very conservative. like. I, I've had some, you know, I've had household name companies in this market up in San Francisco as well too, and not until I was thirty six years old, after divorce, you know, kids, all the things, did I finally buy a car that I thought was a cool guy car, you know, that I've always wanted. I've always wanted a Jeep Wrangler, and I and I bought a Rubicon and nice. all that stuff. After, and I bought it used, and I bought the most 
cost-effective one I could find. I shipped it from Texas, Jeez. and I was I, I was sweating at night, knowing that I was going to now have this car payment, you know, because I didn't, you know, the financing, they're giving away money. Why would you yeah. pay cash? And at that, and well, at that time, and so I bought this car, and and I see people that are, you know, ten years younger than me, you know, spending all this money. I'm like, man, you got to put that money away and invest until you until you have cash flow coming in, which I I have an untraditional way of doing it, but you know, you guys doing real estate out there, you're you know buying. You should have your own properties paying you, making that mortgage. And then you're doing your own deals on top of that, you know, and mm-hmm. I see you're doing flips and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Is that something that's still going on right now with this market? Or I know the margins are real tight. I think I saw you even touch on that recently. I did. And, and, and we're still doing flips. We're still doing rehabs. Um, it's just, you know, I tell people that uh, 18, you know, in the last 18 months, two years, you would make money when you sold your property, right? So you'd buy it for whatever you, you can get it for even overpriced, but then you'd, you'd rehab it, but the market was appreciating. So no matter what, you'd make your money when you sold. But in today's market, I tell everyone now, I'm still doing rehabs, however, I'm gonna make, I have to make money when I buy. So now you gotta take in consideration when you purchase because is the market gonna soften the next two to three months while yeah. you're in the rehab? Like so, the crime scene tape still needs to be on the outside yes. now when you're buying. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah, or just get that right deal. You gotta find that desperate seller that needs to sell. I mean, we're trying to get one right now over in uh, Fletcher Hills for 350 and it's just some old people, she's like, Camping payment, she's need to get rid of it right now, and yeah, we're, we're, we're not seniors ripping it right off. now. It's yeah, and again, we're we're fair. We don't we're not ripping off. We usually pay more than more most rehabbers, but that's the, my point though is that that game's a little slow right now because the margins are so tight. And and if you buy wrong right now in a depreciating market or in a softening shifting market, you can get caught with your pants down. We got caught with our pants down on a couple of properties because we bought when when rates were at three point five, and then we closed when they were at four, and then we'd rehab for two and a half months, and by the time we were done rehabbing, they were six point five. So the whole market softened wow. by like 15%. So we're like, oh crap. So we learned, I mean, learned a lesson quick there and just re again, changed our program. So now what we're doing is I, I bought, we're buying, this is my partner and I, we own a company and this is not district group. This is just a development company. I'm part that I, well, yeah, you, you're out there you, you, and you're, you're, you're a sailor, right? You're adjusting your, your sales and mm-hmm. you're because you you know what to expect. A lot of people listening and, that are that are out there now. They're they haven't even had the chance to be screwed over in life yet. They haven't. <laughs> That's know? what I'm saying. I'll- I've been screwed so I've been fucked so many times in life. Like, you know, that now I just I'm so cautious about everything that I do. I'm like, how is this gonna fuck me over first before I even get involved in it? You know, yeah. like well, how can I eliminate the you know the the big ram that's coming my way? You, you know, have to, well, especially in this market, you definitely want to mitigate all risk and and and, and control as much as possible. Uh, and the way to do that that I'm realizing that. I'm, we've shifted to is development, right? So the problem with doing rehabs and resale is that you have price per square foot. So if, that's your margin more or less. So if you buy it five dollars a square, five hundred square foot, and you rehab it, and you sell it six hundred. Yeah, you're already buying like a 1980s toilet. You might as well buy a brand yeah. new one on a new development. Or you build, so you can build it between depending on the level of uh, the the level of, of uh, finishes you use. You can build for two twenty five to three hundred square foot. So that's where your margins truly come in. Most people don't have the experience or the risk or guts or patience to do it, but to develop ground up, to find a property, even scrape it or find property, bring utilities and, and build from the ground up is where real, real, real estate developers and investors are doing right now. That's, they should be pivoting that space because if not, there's just, the, the margins are too tight in regular flips. You can literally buy a house. By the time you're done with it, you've lost 40,000 in equity. And so now you're like, oh shit, I'm upside down. I'm actually losing the money I put into it. So I think building from the ground up, it's a lot harder. It's a lot longer. Um, it's 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 very frustrating. But if you're building at $3 a square foot and you're selling it 800 square foot, 700 square foot, 
you have tons of margins and it's actually, it's almost recession proof and crash proof because if I'm building it 300 square foot and, it, and everything's selling right now and say IB is where my project is, and nice. everything's selling at 800 square foot, even if I go down to 600 square foot, I have 300 square foot margin. If I go down to 500, which is crazy, it would never, I have 200. So there's yeah. so much meat on the bone at that point, but nobody wants to take that risk. You know, you got the buyer pool of people that just buy and sell real estate here. Then you got the flipper, a little bit bigger, but then you got the developer, which is like the small little sliver of people that actually take the risk, have the capital and resources, the know-how and the patience to sit down and do it. I mean, our property's been sitting there scraped for four months, nothing done, just a fence around it while we're dealing with the city. Yeah. And that cost a lot of money just to hold the property. You know what I mean? And so people don't, and I didn't up until probably a year or two ago, and this is based off me ex- just experience doing multi- lots of flips and rehabs and go through the process and work with GCs. I've learned, um, I've learned now to get to this point. And, you know, my ultimately, and this has been on my goal sheet for a long time, is to build like really cool, like even a high rise or something, just very cool, modern, progressive high rise. And so it all starts with the rehabs. Yeah, you have to get there too. Because it's not like all of a sudden you had, you know, $20, $30 million to invest. <laughs> you know, it's not, you had to start, you know, with selling that first transaction and to, to where you are, are yes. now. And there's a, there's a path that people can follow, right? It, and it's it doesn't come from you know buying the lavish gifts and items and stuff like that you know treating yourself nice is one thing and having self love and self care you know but a gym membership is thirty bucks you know mm-hmm. it doesn't need to have a Rolex on your no. I don't even wear a watch you know yeah. like seriously and it's, I think that right now like hopefully a lot of the people that you work with you know they're 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 starting to see that okay look like we got you got in a great time in in real estate but if you want to carry that you know carry that torch and make a lifestyle career out of it, you're going to have to readjust your sales that like you've had to do so many times over the years. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's I'm, countless stories. You've probably forgotten more or times we've had issues and problems you've had to get through. But it, when you started real estate, like, well, how did your, how did your path go? Where were you at? Like where, who were you working with? What team? Like, cause that's, you know, you've been doing it now for how many years? Uh, since 2004. So 2004. Almost years, yeah, right. almost 20 years in real estate in San Diego. That's that's, yeah. that's some good times, some bad times, you know? Very much so. How'd you, know? you get your start? So start was I was a personal trainer at 24 Fitness and... Uh, that's Oh, so you were working there as a fitness trainer when you saw the Ferrari guy. I was, but not that location. Oh, I was different location. location. So you don't want to, you know, shit what you eat, you know? You yeah, want, no. Yeah, you can't, we, I wouldn't talk to ask like you that. for freebies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I was a trainer at the gym and... So my clients, one my business partner today in my in my um, development firm was actually one of my clients at the time. I was personal training him, and he was a big CPA working for the biggest developer in San Diego at the time. Another one of my clients was a uh, loan officer at the time, and he'd tell me, and Michael Miller, he'd always say, "Hey, bring me anyone you send me that does a refi or a purchase, I'll give you a hundred dollar bill." At the time, I was a, I was a trainer, I was making forty grand a year, so a hundred dollar bill to me was a night out. You know, that was fun. So I was like, "All right, let's do it." So I started sending him people, and after probably about four or five months, he's like, "Jeff, you sent me like four or five people already." Send me like one person every month or two, and they're all buying, and none of them have real estate agents. You should get your license and help these people find a property. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, here's how you do it. And he gave me this stuff, and I, w- I would run home on my lunch break and study. Huh. And I passed, and I, uh, I sold like six trainers, all my co- coworkers. I sold them all properties in the first six weeks I was uh, licensed, and I became rookie of the year by doing that. And that and was then, the good old times, too, when you're, when you're selling, and, the, and, you, and they would just, uh, hey, you said you have a job, right? Yeah, that was stated. It was how, how, how much are you making? Oh, you're making a million dollars. You're okay. Just sign right here. Yes. <laughs> you know? yes. But that's great, though. I mean, that's just, that's is what it was. I mean, 
And you were just when prices were half. I mean, when I was selling these people condos, they were like 140 grand. These agents wow. you now know, they're so, you can't get anything less than 400,000. Yeah, like those in Mission same Valley, like 380. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so you did good for them too. If they held on and didn't refinance, and they like, didn't, but most people didn't hold on. Most people, when the market sold, like they let their property go. And it's funny because I bought a condo for 350. It went up to 700. It went back down to 330 after the crash. And when that happened, most people sold the property. Like, fuck, excuse me, screw this. Yeah. They let it foreclose. They let yeah, it I, I dropped the F-bomb earlier, and I, and I said the S-word. But uh, you know what? I don't give a fuck today because <laughs> <laughs> usually we're, we're, we're labeled as clean. But, you know, it's, it is what it is. We're talking shop. Yeah, you can beep it out if you want. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? What was I, what was I saying? Um, shoot, this sidetracked me real quick. Uh Talking about people not caring for their properties, three fifty. Oh yeah, so I bought my condo for three fifty, and it went all the way back down. And everyone sold. I've been just telling people right now, you only lose when you sell, right? So I bought three fifty, went up to seven hundred, went back to three forty, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that sucks." I'm like, "Yeah, but I just kept making the payment. My payment didn't change. My payments did the same. So the payment that I signed up for that I could afford was still the same. I kept the condo." And that was 12, I mean, I've had it for almost 20 years, but that was 12 years ago when it went all dropped all the way down, lost all my equity, was almost upside down. Well, now it's back up to 800. So like anyone, as long as you keep your property, I always tell people you only lose when you sell. Like right now, people are bitching and whining over the rates. Yeah, they suck. When I bought my first condo in 2002, the rates had just came down out of the tens and the double digits. And, wow. I, and they hit seven and everyone's like, buy a condo, buy, everyone refied. It was like when they hit threes here. Yeah. And it's just funny that people kind of they, they weren't around they forget that the average rate for the last hundred years has been 8.9 percent wow and and if you look at that that's even skewed because in the last 10 years we've had rates sub five and so before that in the last 90 years we never had five percent rates it was eight nine 15 17 18 your parents and grandparents probably sell 15 16 percent rates oh yeah so it's just i think people get so caught up in like the rate and these little things and if you gotta look at the big picture you know you can buy today I mean, I talk, to, I talk to people all the time, old people that, seniors that have held their house. Oh, I bought it 40 years ago. How much did you pay? 16000 <laughs> Seriously. And they're like, I'm like, well, okay, and this is what I like to ask them just for perspective and to be able to explain to agents and show them. I'm like, okay, when you bought that for 16000 was that a lot of money? Like, oh my God. We had, we had to come up with $800 down payment. Our payment was one ninety a month. We were making like 500 a month. Yeah. We thought we were going to die. It's all perspective. I got pregnant. Yeah. And I'm like, now look back. And that was a lot of money to you. Just like today. People are like 7% for an $800,000 medium home price. People are freaking out. In 15, 20 years, people are going to be looking back and those same $800,000 houses are going to be $1.6 I don't know what the rates will be. I can't tell you that. But they're going to be $1.6. And, and it's funny because there's people I sold probably 10 years ago that were bitching and whining about buying a property. I almost forced them to buy it. And now they call me back like, oh my God, he's got it appraised. It went from 600 to 1.4. I'm like, I know. And they're like, well, I should have bought more of them. Oh my God. And they were fighting me back then when it was 500. They're like, no, Jeff, I, I, I'm, they tried backing out. I'm like, please just buy this property. Yeah. And they finally <laughs> bought it. And now they're all doing very well. And it's funny. Now they want to like get themselves into more debt. They're like, oh, hey, yeah. let, let me let me flip this thing. And you're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, if you, that's what you want. You want to build it. But I mean, at a certain point, the investment part goes away. If you're, I mean, you can build equity, but if you're, not able to, if your house, what they call it, house rich or house yeah, poor? House poor, yeah. <laughs> cash rich or cash, cash poor, poor house, house rich. Yeah. Yeah. Th that's no way to live your life either. I mean. So it's not, but but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You, you could either, and if you're in that position, if you're one of those people that are in that position where you have to live like that, here's the thing though. If you either can live through mediocrity and have that and not live like that for a while, or you could sacrifice like, because if I would have done that and let my condo go, it wouldn't have the equity, you know, that I have now. I wouldn't have built all that up. So my thing is, I get that. Especially in San Diego, though, you almost have to sacrifice. You have to sacrifice and go, you know what, this sucks, but 
Just like if you want to get in shape, you got to sacrifice shitty food, beer, drinks. Like you got to sacrifice. I know all the things I you know? love. But but the house thing, my thing is like, there's people that did sacrifice and they, they bought it and they're like, this sucks. We're cash, we're cash poor, house rich, or even house poor at that point. And they made their payment. And all of a sudden, one day they woke up 10 years later, their payment never went up. So their payment was the same it was 10 years ago. And typically people make more money over time, right? So yeah, they, it sucked back then. But then all of a sudden they wake up 10 years later and they sacrifice for two, three years. But then eventually what happened was their pay went up and their payments did the same. Yeah, and, they, and, and now they, they're in a nice spot. Now they're in a great spot. And now all of a sudden they bought it for 400 and they were stressed out. And now it's worth 850. Yeah. So now they have a nest egg of 450,000 and their payment is still 1500 when it should be like 32, which their neighbors are paying that are renting. Oh yeah, or and, more. Or more. And a so, lot more in some cases. So my point though is that, and now at that point they sacrifice four, five, six years, seven years, even 10 call it. Say I sacrificed 10 years, but now if I really wanted, I could sell my property and have a half a million dollars cash in my pocket. Yep. And and, and I'm okay because you know- And you, you can move out of state like a lot of people are. You've probably seen a lot of that. Yes. I, I, I've, I've sold, I'm not even joking, in the last probably 18 months, three houses of people that had a half a million in equity that bought within 10 years ago, Half a million, cashed out the peak of the market, you know, in the last 18 months, cashed out, took their money, Nashville, that's when you said Nashville, yep. went out and bought a house in Nashville for 200 grand, like cash, and now they have 300,000, they're 40 years old. In the bank, and they're just cash. chilling. They're chilling. They're like, we're in no rush to get a job, and I'm like, they're like, we have no overhead, we have two new cars, our payments are 300 and 300, like Yeah, you bucks. can just drive for Uber and be Forever. fine, They literally can retire at 40, because that one decision they made 10 years ago or eight years ago to buy that property, and they cashed out, not that they timed the market, they were just like, it's getting expensive here, we can work from home now, we're going to start looking around. Some of our friends are moving, and I sold their other friend's house too, they moved to Tennessee. Nice. But they both cashed out these huge nest eggs, and that no, most people never, if they were renting, they wouldn't have that. Because yeah. the average person cannot save. 50% of Americans have $0 in the bank account. Yeah. It's like insane. I, I know these stats because I just did a class on it a couple of days ago. But like most people are broke. You yeah. Know? Uh, I and just, the credit card debt is all time high right now too. But well, how much balance is out there? Well, people make five grand and live on six. And that thousand's a credit card. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Um, and I was just saying, I just posted a video about, you know, with Grant Cardone, about Grant Cardone. If you saw that one, I said, Grant, I disagree with you. And the reason I did that is because Grant's always saying, never buy your primary residence, never buy a house, never buy your primary residence. You buy investments. You buy investments only, rent where you live, blah, blah, blah. And if you're a serial investor, thank like, you. I understand where Grant Cardone comes with stuff, and I respect that. But he'd be lying to you if he said that he never owned the house that he lived in. Well, well, then he'll have like loopholes, right? He's like, well, I own, my corporation owns a house and I rent it for my corporation. That's one loophole he says. Yeah. The other one though is you, you hit the, the nail on the head where he's talking to serial entrepreneurs. He's talking to people that have money. Yeah. The average person doesn't have and a he's thousand. Also, he's also a salesman. He's selling you on his book and his yes, programs and stuff To buy too. investment properties. So you got to remember who you're getting your information from. That's why I like the guys that are dead. Because their yeah. agenda has already been... Spelled <laughs> out. There's no rebuttals. <laughs> yeah. But with, even with him, so my thing is like, dude, you, I get what you're trying to do. But the problem is if, if the general population that's just listening to you, which are probably males between the age of 25 and 45... Those people that are living, working the nine fives that don't, can't save up 5,000, 6,000, you're pretty much killing them, the dream for them. Like you're, you're literally not allowing them. How are they ever getting home sales? Like most people cannot save up 20% down or 2.5%. Yeah, I mean, because Starbucks is so good. It's, it's worth, you know, giving up your whole yeah. retirement over. And a lot of people are doing that. They're and they won't say, yeah. Financing a coffee. You know, they're spending $4 in the coffee. They're paying 19, 20% interest on that. Seriously. I mean, <laughs> and that's what, really what they're doing. They're financing, and they complain about not getting out of the hole. It's called blah, blah, financing blah. the fun, you know? Yeah. Like I live, I, we live very, I live very frugally, very, you know, I live within the means. And, and frankly, 
um, you know, from what the distributions we do and all that, what the business is. And I don't, you know, my personal take home is nothing to brag about or nothing. But it's all about, you know, building an equity in something outside of real estate. But it, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you still just have to be very cautious. And I think that right now a lot of people, and uh, maybe they're starting to change their ways or they're still trying to keep up with their friends. It's it's okay. It's okay to... To go through a hard patch, you know. Yes. It, 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 it actually happens. makes you better and stronger when you do go through that. I learned all my financial lessons at the crash of 08. Before that, I was living check to check. I was, But after that, I haven't had a credit card since 08. I haven't had one credit card. Yeah, the only thing I, I financed yeah. my car and my houses. My I, I have a card, a credit card with the $1,500 limit. So anytime, and I try not to buy big things, but anytime I have to buy something big, I have to call my debit card people and let them know if yeah. <laughs> that yeah. something's coming out of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, but it's, I've learned from the other way too. I've been in credit card debt. I've had business debts. I've had a lot of other things. And if I'm not making a ton of cash or whatever, that's fine. I'd rather be just living within the means that I that I have and taking care of, you know, I've got kids, I've got, you know, I've divorced and all the things that, you know, that start to happen when you're about 37 years old, 37 years old, but all the problems are I take care of my shit you know, mm-hmm. I take care of, I take care of all my people. Everyone's fed. Everything's, you got a roof over their head. And for me, that's what success and winning is. I mean, obviously there's people have their different visions of it, but um, as long as you're taking care of your stuff, you live within your means and you're having a nice quality of life. Cause that's, what's going to get you through. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right now with the, especially with the, I mean, the social media, which could be a double headed sword, like it's great for learning. It's great for being introduced to people like us, how we're meeting. But also people are reading too much into like what the next guy next mm-hmm. door is doing. You know, right now is the time to, to really just kind of tighten the belt and, you know, keep, <laughs> you know, maybe, well, maybe there's, there's t- you know, there's seasons of ebb and flow, you know, there's, there's, and, and, and right now it's like, we're not in flow. We're in ebb. Ebb means you need, there's sow and there's reap and we're in sowing right now. And the thing is, is when you, when you're, you need, like you said, you got to be cautious and, and just be aware of what's happening in your spending habits. Because when times are good, you put money away and you prepare for the next 10, 12 years and that's that's financially stable. Then you can start doing other shit you want to do, whether it's help people or go on a trip or, or do something more for yourself or buy something you want. Because we all have, like most people have some sort of vice or something they want to do. I don't know what it is. Some people like horses. So they have crazy horses. Some people have guns. Some people have cars. Some people have watches. Some people have, I don't know, whatever, snowboarding, skiing. They, but then you have that thing. And I feel like that's when you can start working on your passions. Like you said, you said you had one thing to make money. And then once you made the money, you start doing other stuff. Yeah. As a passion. That's what we're, that's what we're doing right now. Yes. In this podcast studio with the media company and all that. And so this is your thing. Cause some people may say like, Oh, I don't want you to, you guys have your own studio here. It's awesome. But some people go, like, Oh, why do you do that? You know what I mean? Why do you do that? But you see the value in it. And that's yeah. one of your things. Like, it's I'm, a dedicated space. That's it. That's all we do here. Um, it's the, we call the, the studio. Let's tune in media studios over in La Mesa. But literally it's, it's, it's a place. It's not my office. It's I come here to do podcasting work and we create content and help other people grow their brand because you want everyone to win. I'm a board member at the Chamber of Commerce in East County. And I see people from their startup days to people that have been in business for 110 years. And it's, you know, it's not necessarily like if if your business is always crushing it. You can have a very su- successful business. But if the community falls out or there's not a new business being made or deals and transactions happening, well, then you're not going to be in business very long either because mm-hmm. you need you rely on the support of everyone else. Well, what's cool, though, is trying to find one that 
kind of hits both nails in the head, right? Like you like doing a lot of community outreach and doing stuff like that. Um, and my thing is, is I like helping in different ways, right? So like, and making money on it too. So like, for example, like our, our development we're doing on IB, this, there's a, there's this old lot there with old bush. It kept catching on fire. There's an old brick house there that's been abandoned and everyone complained about this house for years. And so not that, I mean, we're still making money. So I don't want to think I'm like this charity guy, but like, <laughs> you know I mean? I don't want to think I'm trying to like sell this fake dream, but this is what happened though. We ended up buying this property and now we're developing to a beautiful, it's on the boys and girls club, like up against the oh, park. Oh, I the surf park, right? The boys, is it the yeah. surf ranch or, or something like that? Or, or is that the YMCA? That's the YMCA. The okay. boys and girls club is right down the street, but the YMCA is right down the street too. So it's all right there. There's a lot of kids. It's really cool. And, and the property though, it's like, we're buying it and we're, we're building gorgeous home, like four gorgeous homes on there. Oh, wow. Nice. Even the city's working with us. Like, thank you guys so much. You guys are coming in. Like, we appreciate it. Nobody's wanted to come down here and help this area. And this, so like doing stuff like that was just cool because we're coming to the community and we also have to do, there's like certain stipulations you have to make within the community to be able to do these type of things. You know what I mean? So they want you to kind of be involved. What did you have to give up or, or do? I mean, sometimes it's, you know, it would just be not, not, not a lot of stuff to give up, but we have to go around to all the neighbors that are within a hundred yards, meet them, get their permission, sign permission, show them what we're doing, why, how we're trying to help the community, what we're building, what we're removing. We'd like do this with everybody and go out and do like, and of course you have to offer them the hey, first dibs to buy it. Hey, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and, and it's because it's a community. It's like they have, it's their community, right? So it's like the, the city's like, you need to go ask these people if they're okay with you doing this, but they are going to be, because you're, you're taking an old lot that everybody hates an IB that everybody knows. Yeah. Where all the transients it. are hanging out. And yeah. But they, what they don't want is you. And, and we're, and this is what we don't want either is you to build this big, ugly thing in the middle of all their homes. That's completely out of style with what's happening. And you're doing it just to cram as many people in this little area and make as much money as possible. And we're like, I get that. Like, we get that. And so that's why we have to go out and talk to all these people to tell them what we're doing. We're not just coming here trying to jam all this, as many properties as possible, make all this money. We're actually coming here. We're spreading them out. We could do more, but we're not. We're making them clean. We're making them go with the area, with the with the park. And we're doing it really nice to where it's, I mean, we're building the nicest properties down there. So what's, what, what, how can you find this development? Do you have a website up yet for it or is it still? Not in- yet because it's, it's, we haven't really been, I'm going to be doing videos and like, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. All that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. News crews and everything. Oh out yeah. There. No, we're definitely, we we're just talking about doing some sort of time-lapse, hiring somebody to go there and do time-lapse like every week of what's, cause we're going from the, we're putting all utility lines in all new sewer. We're going from like the ground up all new foundations. Everything's going to be new. So it'll be a really cool. Are you working with a particular contractor on mm-hmm. it? I have my contract that I do all, that do all my rehabs for me. And then we actually have a, uh, the first time that we have to use a draftsman architect that we use. Yeah. You're doing ground up work. This yeah. is a big project. Yeah. With engineers. And, and <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's everyone's involved and it's really cool for me because I've always wanted to development and it's a whole different side of real estate. You know, I know the oh, sales this is, this is the big, big, the big things now. Yes. <laughs> it's like you go, you know, it's like you sell it, then you, then you work on it, which is rehabs. And then eventually you develop it and build it. And that's like, there's nothing past that. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at. And that's been my dream always is develop really cool, progressive, modern homes that, that yeah. are, you know I mean? That, that are built more, not just shit you just throw up, but we, when we create them, we, build them we really make them cool like we try to make them you know uh, more built for the person it's just really little cool things that you don't think of that most people just throw up shit and you just oh there's a house go live in it but like taking everything into consideration you know like the angles and where the kitchen is and how the windows are placed in the house for certain light and stuff just weird little things like that and that that's the fun part for me yeah absolutely yeah well i really appreciate you jeff coming on here in the show what's the best way for people to get a hold of you uh yeah uh so my instagram is i sell real estate 
We pretty we covered that a few times, yeah. which I'm just so impressed you got that. Yeah, man. Um, my Facebook is uh, Jeff Disher. It's my name, J-E-F-F-D-I-S-C-H-E-R. And my uh, YouTube channel, which I'm still working on. I mean, it has probably 150 videos on there, but I'm still building it up. That's Jeff Disher. And um, the book. Yeah, is, I was going to say. Just wanna, six figures in 12, what was it? Yeah, six figures in 12 months. If nice. You just, or if you just go on Google, if you go on Amazon and put my name in the search bar, it'll pop up. Um, I think it's on sale right now for like 20 bucks, 20 bucks, 2097 or something. So get it. It's, it's, it's good. If, and there's the cool thing about it. It's, it's like, there's some personal development stuff in there as well. Like, you know, how to get up in the morning, what type of routine, what type of habits to have and stuff for success. So it's a, it's a cool book for anyone, especially if you're thinking about getting real estate. If you're, if you're in real estate and you're like, I hate getting rejection, this is a good book to kind of shift your paradigm and have you thinking about different ways of doing real estate? Cause my whole concept is I want to put out so much content and become this beacon of real estate, this authority that people reach out to me. Like, yeah. You're a shining light. Yeah. You know, people are watching to too. It's like me, when you get the, you know, 30 likes on your post, but you know, a thousand views, you know, yeah. they're watching, but they're, there's hating, there's yeah. hating out there too. So, well, it's funny too, because like you're just saying that. Cause like I, I look some, some of my views are down, but everywhere I go, people are like, Oh, I watched Like you just said, Oh, I saw that video. put out that. I'm like, Oh shit. Cause you see like, you know, I, I try to pay attention to the, the, to the, how many people are seeing, even though I do, because I want to see what gets more traction so I can produce more content like that. So once in a while I kind of scan through my stuff. Um, but you don't know, and, but I'll go places or I'll meet people or I'll see people out. They're like, Oh, I watch all your stuff. And I'm like, really? But cause it doesn't show it. Cause like, it'll say, you know, views, I don't know, be like 880 views. And you're thinking, okay, whoever that is, but a lot of people do still see it. They just, like you said, they don't like it or they don't, yeah. Comment. They don't do that. I don't know if they're trying to hate or not. They're just seeing it, but they watch it, but they just forget to do it. I don't know. But. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, I, I always forget to do a call to action, you know, yeah, like, hey, too. you know, tap the like button or whatever. I mean, we're all guilty of it, but. You know what, though? I, it's not a bad thing. It's, you're doing that, and we're doing it is because we're just trying to get a point yeah, and information I, I, across. I, don't, I dance like nobody's watching, right? Yeah, I post exactly. content, whatever I'm feeling like, and I'm, I'm not really after like getting a, you know a whole bunch of followers i'm trying to build up my twitter right now which because i think that's going to be the next with, oh, e with elon, elon, elon yeah. in there i just i i just think the more people are going to be so excited to to not have their you know their voice censored that yep. they're going to be you know moving over that way so i'm trying to be ahead of that kind of like and a lot of the people that we probably like right like a lot of people yeah, that are outspoken yeah. that speak the truth like the kanye's and the all these weird crazy people yeah, that well bring them back yes. I, I always thought that there should be like a channel where all the canceled people have their own news station <laughs> you know I, you got bill o'reilly and megan kelly yeah, all trump yeah. like all these people and they'd probably be the most watched thing oh. <laughs> ever well, like, they get canceled for, for, for being who they are. And yeah. you, you can't, I mean, you can't terminate somebody for having an opinion. You know? Well, they, they go against the grain just a little too much. Yeah. That's what happens. If you go against the grain just a little too much, you piss just the wrong people off. They're like, nope, we don't like that. You know? Yep. Well, that's why with doing the podcast, I'm like, well, I got to be careful about what I'm saying, but also be who I am. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to do who I am every that's day. That's it. <laughs> you know? You're to defend some people. Those are the people that you weren't meant to attract. And yeah. then you actually gain people. And those are the people you should attract. So. Yeah. And I've been, you know, working in, the community for so long that hey if i if if i offended you saying something that that you know i i really just don't care you know I, if you truly <laughs> believe it you shouldn't care like yeah my thing like is i don't like, say what i don't what i don't back you know and I'm not bullshitting people everywhere i go i just this is who i am and, and and most of the time you know i'm a genuine person and so there's no i don't have to worry about what i said i never have to you know second guess or you know be be cautious of what i'm saying because I'm not saying fucked up shit about people. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you have a good conscience. You're a conscious <laughs> yeah. clean. You're like, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just think that 
you know, being being involved with this and, and getting to know you a little bit today on, on, on a show like this, because that's the power of social media as well. You know, and I, I like that, you know, you and I, we've we've met before, you know, I think. I don't even know. Well, I know we're yeah, yeah. I, but, but we've been friends on social media. Maybe I thought you looked cool, you know, that that back to that, you know, very chiseled, you know, hey, this guy yeah. knows what he's doing in the industry. Um, but also, like, now we're able to communicate and kind of bring it full circle. And that's that's where I'm I'm really happy to be able to do podcasting here at the studio and, and just have you on. And it's a new thing for me, too. It's a new frontier, you know, and, and it's testing my boundaries a little bit. And it's kind of, you know, it's not something that you – where I never like, was dreaming of doing, but I've, I've it's always been, comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of outside of your comfort zone and that's where you have real growth. Yep. I know that, you know, I'm sure you could attest 100%, to that. Yeah. It's the things that are challenging for you that you really, that's where you see the most success looking back and you got to, uh, you know, swan dive into it. Someone was telling me that the other day, you just have to, to swan dive into it, whatever. It's Sergio Gutierrez, a friend of mine. He's a great artist in San Diego. He's like, you know, how do you become, you know, a, a full-time musician. He's like, well, I just swanned. <laughs> That's it. I didn't do it. No plan know? B. Burn the ships. Yeah. Jump all in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, Jeff, once again, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, if, back to that, you can follow us on Twitter at TuneInSanDiego. And looking forward to, to, to seeing you in your completed project here soon. Awesome, man. Totally thank you for having me on, and I appreciate it. Good man. Thanks. Cool.